morning, everyone, and welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope that you will visit our website at gbcakron.org or hit the link in our bio. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to let us know by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning again. It's good to see you. It's good to be back with you. Uh, been gone for a couple of weeks. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we started a, a new sermon series called Cultivate a Ministry, and uh, we opened up that sermon series by handing out little poker chips at the end of the service. You guys remember those little poker chips? about five of you said yes yeah you remember them right all right so on the on that little poker chip you know it's our is is our wheel or our path of discipleship and one of the areas of being a disciple of the Lord is cultivating a ministry in our life learning how to serve others and then for the last two weeks uh, pastor Stephen has been teaching on that boy didn't he do a great job amen I know I uh, I listened online and, and I was telling somebody before the service started, you know, I kind of get jealous when I listen to Pastor Stephen preach because he comes up with really cool illustrations. And I'm like, I'm not near that cool. I don't know where he gets that stuff from, you know. Uh, but but uh, I, as I listened online, I was challenged in my own life about serving the Lord and what that means and what that looks like in my own life. And we're going to continue uh, to, to look at that this morning. Now, today I want you to know that everything we're going to be talking about this morning uh, it's when we talk about serving the Lord. I know a lot of times we we think, oh, I got to get out and do something. I got to go do something, and that is part of serving the Lord. But this morning, everything that we're going to look at in God's Word deals with what goes on between our ears when it comes to serving the Lord. Because I want you to know, serving the Lord starts with the way we think about life and the way we think about our purpose and why we're here. And, and if we don't have our thinking in order when it comes to this, then serving the Lord is going to be a struggle in our lives. The way we think pretty much shapes our attitudes. If you don't like the way you feel about something, this, this, this applies to anything. If you don't like the way you feel about your finances or your marriage or your children or your job, if you don't like the way you feel about something, the way that changes is that we change the way we think about that. It doesn't change by changing the circumstance. It changes by the way we think. And in fact, if you read the scriptures, even in the Bible, it says over and over again that Christ wants to change the way we think. Never, I mean, yeah, there, it always talks about behavior. There's behaviors mentioned in the scriptures, things that we should do, things that we shouldn't do. But let me tell you something, that all begins with the way we think. Because the way we think determines the way we feel. And the way we feel many times determines the way we act. And this is why our thinking is so important. And God, this may shock some of you this morning. This may free some of you here in the room or watching online today. God is way more concerned about why we do something than he is what we do. Did you know that? He cares a whole lot more about why 
we did or did not do something than he does actually about what we do or don't do. He's very interested in the why. And he wants to change why we do things or why we don't do things. And all of that centers around the way we think. We see this in the Old Testament. Look at this. There's two Old Testament examples of this. The first one is King Amaziah. Now, both of these men loved the Lord, okay? Both of these men uh, did things for the Lord. But look at what the, what the Bible says about them. King Amaziah, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with a true heart. So he did the right thing, but his heart wasn't in the right place. But look at what it says about Caleb. It says in this Old Testament uh, hero, it says, but my servant Caleb thinks differently. What does he do differently? Think, that wasn't a trick question. We just read the verse. It's right there on the screen. He thinks differently. He thinks differently. Caleb, my servant, thinks differently and follows me completely. Do you see how important this is? Thinking properly about life and how we relate to the Lord and how we are to serve him by serving the people around us. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And, and you know what? I find it pretty challenging. I think you're going to find it pretty challenging. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. If you and I, if we're going to cultivate a ministry into our life, if we're going to be like Caleb here in the Old Testament, if we're going to think differently, then we must give up thinking like a consumer. And I want to tell you something right now. I just lost 99% of us because we are ingrained to think like consumers. Even if I point it out to you this morning, can I just tell you something? Pointing it out, it will take the Spirit of God moving in your life and in my life to change this. We can't change it. We sent, because since, since, we were, since we were little bitty people growing up here in the United States, we have been taught to think like consumers, to act like consumers. Why do we act like consumers? Because we think like consumers. That's bar none. It is bar none the idol of the American church. If there's anything that stands in the place of Jesus Christ inside the American church, it is being a consumer. You will not find consumerism in the scriptures at all. Yet most of our lives are dominated by thinking like a consumer. What do I mean when I say think like a consumer? Philippians 2.4 says it this way. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. That is the complete opposite of being a consumer. That we not only look out for our own interests, but take an interest in others too. Consumers consistently look out for their own interests first, period. And the idea behind it is simply this. I do not do something unless it benefits me. I do not do something unless I like it first. That's how consumers think. And it dominates everything we do. I would dare say, I hate to admit this, 
But I would dare say that many people who are engaged at Grace Bible Church are not here because Christ led them here. They are here because they think they get something from Grace Bible Church. And if they couldn't get it from Grace Bible Church, they'd go somewhere else to see if they could get it. That's consumerism. I don't plug into anything. I don't engage in anything unless I feel like I'm getting something from it. That is consumerism. Period. And it dominates our lives. And this is why we struggle so greatly with this idea of cultivating a ministry in our life. Let me give you an example. Every Sunday morning when I come to church, happened today, happened today when I came to church, I pulled in, I get here early, I don't get here, I'm not the first one here. There are many people who beat me here, okay? So because of that, when I pull in, I see where the vast majority of the people who get here early to church park. And guess what? Many of them park with other people in mind. What do I mean by that? They do not take the best parking spots. They park in the back. They park in the corners. They park out of the way. That's thinking like a servant. When you came in and sat down in this room this morning, did you sit thinking with anyone else in mind? I dare say none of us did. Maybe a few. Maybe a few up here on the front. I brag on the front folks, people. Let me tell you as a pastor what my dream is. My dream is that when I stand up to preach, everyone is up and in as far as they can. So that people who walk in late do not have to step over you, around you, or turn around and walk out because they don't think they can find a seat. See, I watched this morning. Listen, I don't mean to pick on anyone, okay? Listen, the service starts at 9. About 40% of you get here at 9.05. Perfectly okay. But everybody that was on time generally sits on the ends in the back. And so everyone that walks in at 9.05 either has to walk around you or past you and come and sit up on the front. Why? Because none of us walk in thinking, where can I sit with other people in mind? I won't even scoot into the middle because I don't know that person over there. But I'll make someone walk around me and sit by them and they don't know them either. When we perfectly have a good opportunity to scoot in and say, hey, what's your name? You see my point? It dominates our life. We do not think like servants, we think like consumers. I walk in and I sit or I park. What's easiest and most convenient for me? I'm not thinking of anyone else. It's that simple, okay? And I, listen, I don't mean to like make people feel bad. If, if God's making you feel bad, that's on him. It's not on me. <laughs> I, I'm glad you're in the room, okay? I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're in the room. I'm glad you're watching online. But folks, it's that easy. That's how much consumerism dominates our life. We just act and do without thinking of anyone else. And it really interferes with our ability to cultivate a ministry in our life. You're going to see that as we go through this. These people who who think like servants, they, they push back 
against this idea of being a consumer. They push back that idea of saying, I'll just do what I want to do. Servants are thinking of others. They're taking interest in others. Philippians 2.7 says it this way, Jesus made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. When's the last time we've made ourselves nothing for someone else? When's the last time we said, you know what? Who cares about me? I'm doing this for someone else. That's what it means to think like a servant. Many times what happens is that even when we serve other people, we're doing it to make ourselves feel better. And folks, that's consumerism. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I can't tell you how many times, and you have too, you've, you've heard people, and I know I've done this, I'm sure you've done this, we're, none of us are above this, of that we engage in something to help someone else, and we walk away from it, and we say, boy, that made me feel better. I feel better that I did that. Well, that's consumerism. And there are many people who will not engage in doing things for others simply because they don't get anything out of it. But if they get something out of it, well, then I'll do it. I'll do that if it, if it makes me feel better serving in that capacity, engaging in that way, then I'll do that. That is not being a servant of Christ. That's being a consumer. And all of that starts up here. It starts up here in the way that we think. It's this whole idea of saying, it's, it's about me. And if I, can't, if I can't get something out of it, why would I do that? No amens on that? Folks, that's good preaching. <laughs> I mean, it may not be what we want to hear, but that is the absolute truth about the way we behave. And that's why so many of us have a hard time being a disciple of Jesus and cultivating a ministry in our life because we are thinking like consumers and simply saying, if I'm not getting something out of it, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm simply not going to do that. There's an interesting verse when Jesus was uh, preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He said something really interesting to the people that were listening to that day. And for you and I to understand, I'm going to have to get and give you some background. But in Matthew 5.41, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount was preaching. And he said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now then, to you and I, this means nothing. But to, to the Jewish people who were listening to Jesus that day, they knew exactly what he was talking about. You see, in Jesus' time, they were a conquered people. The Roman Empire had, had, had uh, you know, kind of taken over all of Israel, and they were, they were part of the Roman Empire. And Roman soldiers, they had the authority to commandeer ordinary citizens to carry their military equipment for one mile. So imagine, if you will, that you're a, a Jewish person on your way to work one morning and a Roman soldier walks up to you and says, I don't really care what you have going on. I need you to carry my stuff for one mile. What a huge inconvenience. What a huge inconvenience. And Jesus said, you know what? 
a servant takes that as an opportunity, don't go just one mile, go two. Yeah, that's the Jesus we say we follow, folks. That's the Jesus that we follow. And that's how he tells us to aim to live our lives. But if we're thinking like consumers, especially American consumers who have rights, you know, that really flies in our face. And that's why we have such a difficult time cultivating a ministry in our lives. It all starts with the way we think. All between our ears. There's another thing that you and I need to be aware of when it comes to cultivating a ministry in our life. If we're going to think like this guy Caleb in the Old Testament who thought differently and served the Lord with his whole heart. If we're going to cultivate a ministry and be like that, we must remember that we are managers and not owners. And this is really hard for us. It's really hard for us to think like this. That we're here just to manage what God has given us. We own nothing. We own nothing. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Paul wrote this. He said, he's speaking of himself and the people who, who are with him and planting churches. And he says, look, here is how you should think of us. We serve Christ. We are trusted with God's secret truth. Those who have been given a trust must prove they are faithful. Now, this verse doesn't say it, but I want to tell you throughout the scriptures, we've been given four things in life, four things that God trusts us with. They're four T's. This isn't in your notes. This is free stuff. Okay? But God has given us four things that we manage. We don't own them at all. The four T's are simply this. He's given us the truth. He's given us time. He's given us talents. And he's given us treasures. And we don't own any of those things. None of them. We don't own the truth. We do not own our time. We do not own our talents. We do not own our treasures. We manage those things. And, and, and if we don't know that up here between our ears, if we're not thinking that way, if we think it's my truth. In other words, I know the truth. I know many Christians that are like this. I know the truth. I know the truth. Well, let me ask you something. Is knowing the truth for you or for someone else? Does it begin and end with us? You, me? I know the truth. I know what I need to know. That's it. Or did he actually give us the truth for someone else? So that we know it, so that they might know it. I don't know, it's a revolutionary way of thinking, isn't it? We manage the truth. We don't own it. We don't own it. What about time? What about time? Time is a funny thing, isn't it? You do know someone who you think they have more time than you? We all think like that sometimes, don't we? You know, it's like, oh, that person, they've got so much time. they got the same amount of time as we do, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Nobody gets more, nobody gets less. Unless they die, then they get less. 
but we all have the same amount of time. And, and we're very, uh, we're, we're, we're very, um, uh, I, I don't know what was the word I'm trying to, we care a lot about our time. Like we own it or something. We're just given time. And we manage time. So let me ask you, is time your time? Is it for you alone? Or is it for others? See, that, that starts up here. That's not a habit that we develop. That's a truth we accept in our thinking. My time is not just for me. God actually gave me time to manage for his purposes. Well, I mean, I, what about our talents? What about, what about the things we can do, the, the skills that God has given us in life? Are those just for you, for me, for, for, for our individual selves that, that God gives us these things? I know, I know, so we can make as much money as we can make. That's why he gave me that, for me. It's for me to have more in my life. Oh, well, and my kids too, of course, right? Or did God actually give us those talents for someone else? See, that's, that falls back on how we think and how we're thinking about life. Uh, the same holds true for our treasures, another way of saying our money, our wealth. I mean, did God, does God really just give us I mean, let's think about it. I don't mean to go chase a rabbit here for just a moment, but we are the wealthiest people on the planet here in the United States. Even our poor are wealthy compared to the rest of the world. I mean, does God give that to us because he just loves us more than he loves everybody else? God bless America, right? We must be blessed because we got the most. We got more storage facilities than any nation in the world because we have more stuff than we can actually keep in our homes. God must love us a lot. He loves us so much that he just gave it all for us so we could have more. That starts between our ears. God has given us wealth he gave it to us. You and I did not deserve it. We, I hope you understand that. I'm not saying you don't work. I'm not saying you, that, that we all, I'm sure, are all working or have worked or are going to work. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be paid when we work. But you could have just as easily been born somewhere else where they work just as hard and get paid nothing. See, we manage what God has given us. We don't own any of it. But unless we think like a consumer, consumers think they own it, right? I deserve it. That's mine to use for me. That's why we got to change the way we think. Because God has called us to be managers of these things, not owners of them. If we're going to be like Caleb, this guy that, that, that's mentioned in the Old Testament who thought differently, 
Then there's a third thing that you and I need to know when if we're going to cultivate a ministry in our life, and that, and that is that, that we must know our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Our identity is not found in what we do or what we've done or what we've accomplished. A real servant understands that, that their identity comes from the grace of God. It comes, through, it comes through what Christ did on the cross, and that's where, that's where our value comes from, not, not from our accomplishments or our portfolios or, or the titles or the trophies or, or the things that we look at that make us feel good, right? Because, because if, if that's the way a consumer thinks. A consumer looks at something and says, man, I accomplished this, I did that. That makes me feel good. That's how consumers think. They're always thinking about themselves. That's what they're always thinking about. A real, a real servant knows that their identity comes from Christ, not from, not from successes of any kind, whether it be social, financial, educational, career-wise. John 13, Jesus was, was someone who exemplified being a person who was powerful and at the same time a servant. And look at what what John 13 says, this is verse 3 and 4. This is uh, right before Jesus is getting ready to wash his disciples' feet. If you're familiar with Jesus, he, right before he was crucified, he was in an upper room with his disciples. And, and uh, he had some things he wanted to teach them and share with them. And he started off this time of teaching uh, by, you know, by being an example. And look at what, what the Bible says in verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. So that makes him pretty powerful, right? And this is something else that he knew. He knew that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, all right, so Jesus, he knows who he is. He, know where, he knows where he came from. And he knows where he's going. Now, because he knew these things, he knew them up here. He knew in his head and in his heart, I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. Look at what it says. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer cloak, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And then he proceeded to wash the disciples' feet. Something that a common servant was to do in Jesus' day. Wash someone's dirty feet. Servants, when they understand who they are, and they understand where they've come from, and they understand where they're going, well, then nothing is beneath them. I read a story one time about Margaret Thatcher. I know there's some here in the room. I say Margaret Thatcher, I don't know who that is. Margaret Thatcher was prime minister of Great Britain uh, in another generation. In her time, she was known by everyone in the world. Everyone knew who Margaret Thatcher was. There's a story that one time she was, she, as, as the prime minister, she was uh, visiting some senior adults in uh, some senior facilities there in Great Britain 
and she was shaking their hands and greeting them and she came up to one elderly lady who looked rather confused as she shook Margaret Thatcher's hand and Margaret Thatcher looked at her and she said, do you know who I am? And the lady said, no, I don't, but if you ask the nurse, she can tell you. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate but a lot of God's children are walking around not knowing exactly who they are. And they're trying to find somebody to tell them. They're trying to find somebody to, to, to say, who, who am I? We're, 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 we're out trying to create ourselves when God's already created us. We're out trying to make something of ourselves when God's already made us. And so we, we have to know who we are. I, I, I read a, another story of a, a soldier. This uh, is pre-Civil War, was out guarding uh, some, some streets that uh, you know military commanders were worried about. And there was this priest walking through the streets, and, and this soldier stopped the priest. And he said, who are you, where are you going, and why are you going there? And the priest looked at the soldier and said, how much do they pay you to do this? He said, $25 a month. And the priest said, I'll pay you $50 a month if you'll meet me every day and ask me those same three questions. Who are you? Where are you going? What are you going to do when you get there? That all starts up here, people. Who are you? Where are you going? What are you going to do when you get there? All of those are about identity. And if we know who we are in Christ, then nothing is beneath us. When I was in college, I lived with my mentor, Bobby Droke, and his wife, Patsy, and I've mentioned Bobby before, and, and Bobby had muscular dystrophy, and, and uh, I, as I lived there with him, I did a lot of things around the house. I mowed their yard. I, I did a lot of things that he couldn't do anymore, and there were certain chores that I did that I, I, mean, I, mean, I had any trouble with those chores, chores that they were fine. They were fine. It's part of being a part of that family unit in that season of my life. But I'll never forget one day, uh, Bobby was sitting in his chair, in his lounge chair, and he had fingernail clippers out and toenail clippers out. And, and he, he said, I'm, I'm trying to cut my fingernails, but I can't. I've lost, he lost so much strength in his hands and agility in his hands. He couldn't, he couldn't cut his fingernails. And so he asked me, will you cut my fingernails? I went, sure, yeah, I'll cut your fingernails. And so I cut his fingernails for him. And then he said, well, while you're at it, can you cut my toenails? You know, I told him no. I said, no, don't do that. Man, I wish I'd have done that different. Because in that moment, truth of the matter is, is that most of us walk around every day thinking we're better than that. Something that needs to be done. 
something that needs to, but we're so insecure about who we are. We're so afraid of what others might think or what we might think of ourselves that we won't do it. And we have a really hard time cultivating a ministry in our lives because of the way we think about ourselves and the insecurities that we walk around with. If we're going to be like Caleb in the Old Testament and think differently, we'll serve the Lord with our whole heart. There's one more thing we need to consider. And that is that realize, we must realize that serving others is a God-given opportunity, not an obligation. It's not an obligation. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> wow. I talk to a lot of people asking them to do things. Gladness is not a response I get very often. Mostly it's more like, well, how much time is that going to take? When do you think I could be done? Is that going to cost me anything? Or you mean every week you want me to do that? Or gladness is not the first response many times. This word gladness, it means the feeling of great joy or pleasure. The feeling, that's what it means. The feeling of great joy and pleasure. How, where do our feelings come from? Folks, the way we think. If you and I want our feelings to change, we change the way we think. We don't change our circumstances. We change the way we think. There's a store in New Franklin. I will not name this store for the sake that someone here might work there. And it's probably not their fault. But I do not enjoy going to this store at all. Caleb's laughing because he knows. He's heard me gripe about this store. The reason that I don't like going to this store is because... Generally, my experience there is that when I walk in, they're not going to have what I'm looking for, even though I think they should have it, because I can go to other stores in other communities, and they have it, that same store, but not our store in our community, and this has happened several times. And so now I think negatively about that store. I just think, I mean, I just drive past it and get in a bad mood. <laughs> you know? I just don't have a, it leaves a bad taste every time I go past it. But it's all in my head, folks. But because it's in my head and it makes me feel a certain way, I will avoid, I will drive 10 miles out of the way. Even though that store might have it. It's just all in my head. And that's how many of us approach serving the Lord. We've had bad experiences in the past sometimes. Or we've known someone that didn't treat us nicely. Or I did it and nobody said thank you. 
Or I did it and nobody noticed. Or I heard somebody else tried to do it and it was such a colossal, chaotic thing. There's no way I'm getting involved in that. And so it's all in our heads. It's all up there. It's how we think about serving the Lord in different capacities. Taking a chance to do something for him that's not an obligation, but actually an opportunity. Do you, do you understand? Not everyone gets to serve the Lord. Not everybody gets to do that. And, and so it's not, it's not this obligation that's out there. It's this opportunity that exists. And no one, listen, there's no way I can stand here and tell you that serving the Lord is always fun. It's not. There's, there's no way I can stand here and tell you that, that, that someone's going to pat you on the back and tell you what a great job you did and how, how valuable and how important that you are. That won't always happen. I can't tell you that, that you're going to walk away from it every time and have this euphoric feeling inside that says, oh, oh, it was wonderful. Just not like that and the reason we're looking for those things is because we're consumers instead of servants now let me tell you something before I close out right here some of you sitting here this morning watching online you've engaged with Grace Bible Church you've been around here for a while can I just tell you I want you to know something there's a boatload of people sitting in this room right now who think like servants. You came in, there was an outline in your chairs because someone thought like a servant. We don't pay somebody to put them there. A servant came in and did that. You're on the mowing team and you show up and everything works. Lawnmower cranks right up, plenty of string in the weed eater. It's because there's a servant out there that got that ready for you. We don't pay that person to do that. You saw that video before church started about Grace Toberfest, Cheryl on that video. She got her and her entire outreach team planned that. We didn't pay them a dime to do that. This, this place is full of people who think like servants. And for those of you that are walking in not thinking like servants, you reap their benefits every week. And they do it for you because they love you and they want you to have a good experience. All I'm saying this morning is, is that Jesus is asking that of all of us. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too busy. You're not too tired. You're not too sick. Because let me tell you something. There, there are people of all ages, of all health, of all economics, of all educational levels, of all busyness levels who serve here in this place. And you can be one of them if you change the way you think. You can serve the Lord with gladness, a feeling, joy, and pleasure because you're doing it for Him. doing it for him. I want to close our time together by, uh, by praying for us, and then, and then there's going to be a video that comes up. Now, for those of you that are 
watching online, our time together is, is done today. And if God has spoken to you, I hope you'll reach out to us and let us know. We'd love to talk to you about what God is, is, is sharing with you. But for those of us in the room, when I get through praying, there's going to be a video that, that comes on of someone here at Grace Bible Church, and I'll let them introduce themselves. They did an interview a couple of weeks ago with Pastor Stephen. And this person, young mom, kids, very active in the community, owns her own business, a lot, a lot of things going on in her life. But yet God spoke to her. And shared that she needed to serve in a, in a particular way. I'm going to let her tell you her story. And then when that video is over, I'll come back and close us out. But let's pray together right now. Father, Lord, it's, it's really hard to hear something like we've heard this morning from you and not feel... no guilt or regret and Lord I I don't desire for anyone in this room to be feeling any type of false guilt Lord what I pray is that your spirit would bring conviction where conviction needs to happen there are many in this room who faithfully serve you. Lord, may this message be a pat on the back for them. Lord, may they get up and walk away, not in pride or arrogance, but in that, that still small voice inside that is saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, I pray they would walk out feeling that, knowing that, hearing that. But Lord, there are others of us in the room that that's not the message we can hear from you today. Instead, we've heard that we need to change the way we think. That we need to get over our insecurities. Lord, that we need to be like like Caleb was in the Old Testament who thought differently served the Lord with his whole heart so I pray your spirit has the freedom to do just that to speak to us each of us in the way that we need to be spoken to and that we would receive it and that we would act on it knowing that it is you who has moved in our life. Father, we pray it in Jesus' name.